because I just kind of had an epiphany when you were talking with my oldest daughter, she would fight with me about things. And then she would look at me and say, why are you fighting with me? What is your why? My whys a lot of times were self-interest, looking good for people. And that was really ugly. Like I didn't like to look at those truths, but she really made me look at those truths. Welcome to the Real Life Parents, Real Life Answers podcast with Sean and Jasmine Turner and sponsored by ParentEQ.com. Welcome to another episode of Real Life Parents. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Jasmine, one of the hosts. If you have not listened before, just to give you a little background, my husband, Sean, who is a marriage and family therapist, and I both do this podcast, but we alternate weeks. So this week you get to hear from Sean, who interviewed a real-life parent, Melissa. Melissa is the mom of older kids now. She's got some kids that are grown and out of the house, and she's actually a girl mom. She only has girls. So she's kind of almost the opposite of us. We have seven boys, and we actually do have one girl, though. So it's really going to be an awesome interview. I loved what Melissa had to say. She was probably one of our most real parents on this podcast so far. Like she she just said it all and she gave some really interesting insights. Between her and Sean, you are going to discover some amazing tips for how to communicate with your teenagers better. If I were to say it in a nutshell, that's what it would be. So listen carefully because there are some really incredible things that you can start to implement right away that will totally change the way that they hear you really is what it is. If you have a quick second, I'm just going to add a plug in for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review or a rating. It just allows us to get in front of more people so more parents have access to this information. Again, thanks so much for listening and here are Sean and Melissa. Okay, Melissa, so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am 43 years old, so I've raised four daughters who are adults now, and they had their issues. We had some mental illness issues, and we had some some physical issues in there with some bone disorders and stuff, and now I've got two other daughters. So altogether, I have six daughters, and... Uh, the two younger are 14 and 11, and they just have different problems than their four older sisters. So I, it's like I'm, it's like I'm doing this all over again right. for the first time. <laughs> it's driving yeah. me crazy. <laughs> and I, I know myself pretty well. I, for the last 10 years, I have um, kind of been in a journey to know who I am and to know who my kids are and to help them know who they are. I'm kind of a calm, very relaxed person. I used to be, um, I used to have depression and anxiety pretty bad. And so I've kind of conquered those. And so you would think that I would know exactly how to parent these kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say you do know. Um, yeah, you know, but I do. The first thing that comes to my mind is probably what a lot of us, well, probably all of us face is just being confident. In yeah. stepping into it, you know, yeah, we know 
we're in like an awareness and we we have all the tools right here laid out before us. Now it's mm-hmm. like, uh, do I have what it takes or I'm really exhausted. Do I really want to go into it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And f- the fight. I don't want the fight anymore. Right. Like I, I'm tired of of do- clean your room. Mm-hmm. I, I even told my youngest daughter, I was like, man, if you want to live in a messy room, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to spend $10 on you, you're going to have to clean your room. Right. There you <laughs> so, go. Yeah. So she lives in a messy room most of the time, unless I really want something from her. And then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so not getting that for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's go back to what do you think? Because, you know, our what I've come up with. Um, to kind of simplify just a formula to help people with their problems and stuff or their issues or whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of the fr- first step is knowing and understanding yourself. Because most, well, and then the step two is like knowing and understanding the other person, whomever it is you're dealing with. I mean, this could be somebody at the store. Which is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, key to my my oldest is actually very, very into who am I and why do I do the things I do and what is my motivation? She's found tons and tons of value going there to those books Mm -hmm. and really helping me understand, mom, you're completely different than I am. Mm -hmm. And you do things so different than I do. And your motivation is so different. And so, yeah, that's been, that's been key 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 to and these kids these two younger children are just a different i mean one my 14 year old is she likes to live in fantasy land she doesn't like this earth very much she's very she's very much um introverted and and can spend all day long in her room on the computer Mm -hmm. has no problem you know, on her little tablet drawing, whatever it is, she just very mm-hmm. into herself, very introverted. The the 11-year-old is social, crazy social. If that girl doesn't have friends over, she is depressed. And so she's got the whole need to please everybody right. and Oh gosh, got to get straight A's. I'm like, why do you have to get straight A's? Who said, <laughs> who said that was a prerequisite for right, life? I right. don't understand where that came from. Exactly. I'm like, just do a good job and and learn from the class. Don't get an A. Right. You know. Right. Right. Yeah, because that's uh that's that's what I found when I was in the education world was there are people that will live and die on a grade on a piece of paper or the star, mm-hmm. you know, the gold star. And they star. won't learn anything in the dang class. And, yeah. And there's, there's, <laughs> there's like no value in the, the knowledge part. And I, I fought, I fought that for so long. And finally I just, well, okay. If that's the world you want to live in and it's not causing too many problems, at least it's not causing any for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it's kind of that acceptance. Okay. Yeah. There's a bunch of people out there that, are more concerned about the validation of the end product, not even the product Mm -hmm. necessarily, but the validation of the end product as opposed to the process. Yeah. And I had to do, because I'm a, I'm a process person. This is why I never get anything done (laughs) (laughs) because I, I just do things and then they just fade out. 
because I love the journey and the exploration and the understanding. And before I get to the end, whatever that might be, I've been so uh, edified, stimulated, uh, you know, energized by the process. It just fades out before I actually do it. And so <laughs> it that's why I have like all these degrees that have like not really done anything for me and they've taken so long to get because I just like the learning process. I and like then, the learning too. And then I'm like, well, yeah. I guess I have to finish it, you know, but mm-hmm. so maybe that's, that's part of it as well is understanding. So the first one is understanding ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, our personality, our patterns, Right. What, what and being okay with it. And being and the acceptance. Holy cow. Yeah. Gosh, that's like I understood it all for years, but I still beat myself up. Oh my gosh. I was mm-hmm. like, because I'm I'm I am a lazy mom, you know? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not a lazy mom. I am chill. Yeah. I'm laid back. It takes me a long time to answer my kids' questions. Mm-hmm. My daughter wants to have a sleepover. And it's, it's taken me two months to answer her, to really think through and right. kind of go, well, because I made this, you know, uh-huh. firm law. We would never, never, never. Right, right. <laughs> but this is my ultra social. She needs it so bad. Right. It's so important to her. And I trust her. So that's wow. another key. Because that's the, the third piece is the issue. Um, mm-hmm. So understanding yourself, understanding others, and then the actual issue. And I was talking with somebody. And I just kind of randomly said, if we took the energy and kind of divided it up, if we, if we could, you know, it would be like 60, 30, 10. So Mm. 60% of the Uh energy should be, you know, reserved for trying to understand ourselves and then 30% with the other person. And then really only 10% on what the actual issue is, because by the time you go from understanding yourself to understand the other person it's really not that big of an issue anymore because you're serving yourself. You're taking yourself into account on what your needs are, what your wants are, and then theirs, and then the concerns or the issue of whatever it is. And then the stuff behind it. So for example, you know, letting your daughter go have a sleepover. We do the same things. I'm just always like sleepovers. That means other kids in my house. And then, and then do I have to like, do I have to monitor them 20, you know, the entire time? Because you hear stories and you hear things that have happened. Yes. I'm a therapist. I've heard everything you can hear that has happened. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we are never doing never. this. <laughs> but is the issue my fear or the issue the sleepover? So mm-hmm. is the issue what they need as opposed to is the issue the sleepover? You know what I'm saying? So going through yes. – understanding them, understanding ourselves, then a lot of times it just, it solves itself or is the issue, um, struggling to say no because you don't want their reaction. That's with my 14 year old, Mm -hmm. with my 14 year old, I struggle to say no because she is the kind of kid who is so deep, but so shallow. Like, how do you explain her? She's been diagnosed with a lot of different things. And, and so I've, I've tried to like parenting her is like parenting an alien. I almost feel like, because I don't know what I am doing. And I'm afraid if I 
come down really hard on her or really strong on her, she's just going to be like, oh, forget this. I no longer care about anything. Like a black, so, and, like black and white thinking. Oh yeah, very yeah. black and white. Yeah. <laughs> but in a weird kind of like my oldest was black and white thinking, autistic. You know, very mm-hmm. like stuck. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's more. She has her passions, and if you take her passions away from her, she she goes into depression. And she goes into like a really, really negative headspace that I don't want her in. I don't want to lose her. Right, right. And I'm so I'm always walking this fine line of like showing her lots of love and lots of care and telling her I see her, I understand her. And then at the same time, kid, you cannot get F's, you know? Like, because her F's mean she's absolutely just checking out. Right, right. She's <laughs> like, just not there. And, right. 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 So the, so under, that's understanding the issue because the issue may be grades. And it's not necessarily about, like, um, getting a grade but responsibility or right. that they need a little bit of success to help their confidence level. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll check out. And you don't want them to check out. Have you ever heard of – I don't often drop names because I want people to go out and explore, but there's a guy named Kyle Cease. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's not super famous, but. No, I haven't. He, his kind of story is back in the early 2000s, he was a comedian, kind of an up and coming comedian. And then he, he went on one of those like next top comedian shows, you know, where they kind of competed and it Mm -hmm. was obscure. I mean, it wasn't like, um, American Idol or anything like that, but but it was still out there in the in that world. And anyways, he won it, kind of got famous. Then he had some major life trauma. Some some things. I think his mother might have passed away or something like that. And some things were happening, and he had a shift, and he said, "I don't want to do the com- comedy anymore for entertainment. I want to now explore kind of psychology and." humanity and then maybe bring in some humor and see what I can do. Anyways, the point is he says he kind of has a way about him. I don't even listen to him a lot. This is just the one thing that kind of stuck out is sometimes uh, uh, very often if we're just open on what we're thinking, we can actually create a whole different mood in our conversation so he's a motivational speaker and he's yeah almost though he he's more yeah i guess that's what you could call him but the point is i mean i don't even i mean here here's the takeaway that i got from him. he was he was like okay being open can just break down so many of these barriers that we put up and others and when i say open i mean literally saying like, for example, if I had, and I've tried this myself before, when I was trying to say no to somebody, but I didn't want to disappoint them, or I knew that they might think negatively of me or whatever it was, literally just saying to them, I'm having a difficult time saying no to you. Can you help me figure out how to understand what you're talking? You know what I'm saying? Just being really open yeah. and honest. Because he said, 
the example he gave, which I know we've all been in, was, you know that time when you go into an elevator and there's somebody there? And so you stand there and then it gets really awkward because you kind of want to acknowledge him, but you're not quite sure. You kind of want to say anything, but you don't really know what to say. And they look like a normal person. Well, nothing extreme. So it's safe. And so he says, why don't to break those barriers, those social barriers? I mean, we go straight to maybe like a head nod or a smile, but we really want to have a little bit more human connection. He just says to turn to him and say, I don't really know what to say to you, but I want to. Yeah. You know, I mean, just and like my husband knows how to yeah, do it. Just, he just breaks. He's a nice person. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, some people yeah. will prepare themselves and kind of always have something on hand. But some of us, like I'm kind of an introvert, but I do. It gets awkward. I'd rather break yeah. that ice somehow. And so his this guy, Kyle, his idea is just to turn to him and say, I don't nearly know what to say to you, but I want to kind of break that ice. And usually they'll, they'll respond and like, oh, me too. Oh my gosh. And then, and then, and then the ice is broken. Right. And the walls are coming down and then it's not that weird, awkward (laughs) social thing. So you're saying to do that with our kids, that if we're on like, cause I just kind of had an epiphany when you were talking with my oldest daughter, the thing that kept her connected was our deep relationship because I was very honest with her. She would fight with me about things. And then she would look at me and say, why are you fighting with me? Mm-hmm. What is your why? Mm-hmm. And I, my whys a lot of times were self, self-interest, self mm-hmm. self-looking good for people. Um, and that was really ugly. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like to look at those truths, but she really made me look at those truths because she was just, she was just an honesty seeker. So let's do this. What, what did you go through? What did you do? Cause, cause I know a lot of listeners are like, Oh my gosh, that's me. I can, I'm in the same boat, but what do I do? How do I do to take that to the next level or to keep that momentum going? I mean, obviously self-reflection is the principle, but did yeah. you do anything specific to kind of open up and be vulnerable with yourself? I opened up to her. I remember she asked me, why, why do you want me to go to young women's? Our our church has, you know, youth programs and I wanted her to go. And she got really mad at me one day and she was like, I'm not going, you can't make me go anymore. And I'm, I'm, I'm too old for this. And, and I said, you know, I want you to go because it makes me look good. Mm -hmm. Because everybody will know that I'm a good mom if you go to church. Mm-hmm. And I was so petrified of being a bad mom. Right. My mom was, my mom had a lot of issues and problems, and I just wanted to be a good mom so badly. And so that what that looks like to me in my mind was that my kids would go to church every single Sunday, they would go to their youth activities, they would participate, they would know the scriptures, you right. know. And, and that was a reflection on me and who I was. How sad was that, that that was my motivation to forcing her to yelling at her and saying, you're, you're going to getting in a fight with her. And when I got really honest with myself and her and allowed her in and allowed her to see that part of me, 
I thought, I thought getting vulnerable with her would give her ammunition. Mm. I thought wow. she would be like, oh yeah, well, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and being vulnerable and honest with her did the exact opposite. She then looked at me and just almost cried with me because I was crying because I, you know, I was like, I'm just going to be honest with you. And so I kind of went on a journey to find my own why of, you know, why I was forcing this poor girl to. And I found it. I found it very quickly because I, I was honest with right. myself. Yeah. And that's what we've done with each other. I, she's 23 now. And we're very much like that. She'll, I'll be parenting her daughter, you know, Right. <laughs> I'll be like, Hey, Emily, you know, your baby needs da 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 da, da. Right. And she'll be like, mom, are you going to be like that? Are you really going to do that to me? And I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> that's what my mom did to me. I'm not doing that to right. you. No. Right. I'm like, thank you for pointing it out. And we're just very honest with each other, which I think is what a healthy relationship looks like. Absolutely. The, the neat thing that you said in there was you went through a process and then you were open and sharing that process with her. And that's very big for kids. Kids want to see the parents go through and learn and they want to be able to see that we're normal people. I remember doing something one time and I don't even remember the situation, but I just remember the look of kids' faces when they see that you're not perfect. They yeah. realize it. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, it's not like, oh my gosh, my dad's not perfect. Oh no. It's more like, oh, he's not perfect. Now I have permission to not be perfect. And the relief on their faces. All right. As you can see, we did have to trim off part of that interview, but I do think that we left on an awesome note the way that Sean was pointing out. It's okay for us to be vulnerable with our kids. It's okay to model that for them. It actually gives them a sense of relief and it really teaches them how to be more self-aware and just increases their emotional intelligence overall. So if there were any takeaways that I personally had from listening to this interview, there would be a few. And one of them would be, it's really beneficial to be honest with your children. Now, I totally understand you have to adapt that honesty to their age level, right? You have to know like where they're at. But as they become teenagers, they are way more perceptive than you think, especially if you have children who are like empaths who are highly sensitive and understand that emotions they want and crave deeper conversation deeper conversation on an emotional level right you can tell that from what melissa's daughter said again it's all about knowing your child melissa knew her daughter and she knew that she needed that information she also sought to know herself better and wow look at the amazing benefits that happened for her and, and the great relationship that they have now where they can be honest with each other. They can be upfront with each other and they can nip things in the bud. I really do feel like part of this whole conversation was teaching us it's okay to start when they're younger because when they become adults, it's not just going to automatically solve itself. If you have communication problems with your child when they're a tween or teen, it will just flow right into adulthood. 
And I'm sure many of you know, if not are not personally experiencing this kind of lower quality conversation that you might have with your parents or lower quality type of communication that you might have with your own parents. So what do you want? And it's never too late to sort of improve that with your parents or with your kids, right? So that would be the takeaway for me, just to be honest, to be vulnerable with your child, and to get to know yourself, to start with that inner work. If that inner work means going to therapy, great. If it means journaling, great. If it means reading self-help books, great. All of those are options that you can use to start on the path of knowing and understanding yourself better. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. If you could just take a quick moment and leave us a little rating or review on the Apple Podcasts app, we would be so, so thrilled. I have another quick little blurb that I want to jump in and say before I close out this episode, and that is... I am on a new app called Clubhouse. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. It is an invite only. It's kind of like this exclusive thing right now. But I tell you what, if you have an iPhone and you can get on it, it's an incredible community of supportive moms that we're starting to form. Each person on the app can start a club. But if you don't want to start a club like I did, You can actually just go on and it's kind of like entering into rooms, which are basically like Zoom meeting discussions. I don't even know how to say it, but you can talk about different topics. And there are so many amazing people on there that are moms that are supportive. This is where I'm actually going to start developing more structured and formal rooms. So for people who are interested in increasing their emotional intelligence, increasing their children's emotional intelligence, this is a wonderful resource. I have started a community. If you are on Clubhouse, the name of the community is Motherhood Collective. If you want to find me personally, you can do the search bar option, and it's at Jasmine underscore Turner. Sean is at Sean underscore Turner. We will be hosting rooms. We will be having discussions. If you feel like you're being left out, like, whoa, this sounds super awesome, Get an invite from somebody you know, like you could look on social media. I think I might have a few more left, so you can also reach out to me personally. Would love to connect with you there on Clubhouse. I will have regularly scheduled rooms each week that you can hop on and join. You can join as a listener or you can speak or ask questions. It's just literally the most incredible thing. I can't even, you can tell I'm super pumped about it. I've made so many friends on it in the three weeks I've been on it. So many like-minded people are being brought together. So many inspirational moms and parents are being brought together. We found dad groups that are into emotional intelligence. So it's all there. I'm not being paid by Clubhouse to say this, but I just think it's really super awesome. Thanks again for stopping to listen to this episode. And here's to authentic and intentional parenting. Take care. Last but not least, the advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional.